What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Thursday night adventure of Doc Talk. Grab yourself something cold, keep your feet up. We're going to take us a ride. Welcome back, everybody, to the first Thursday in September's Doc Talk regime. We have an esteemed, I guess the word I'm looking for. We've got a lot of cool dudes on our panel tonight. We've got uh, we got four of us here tonight. Start off, we got Matt Ball, we got Joshua Evans, we got Matt Campbell. We're ready here to talk about some fishing, man. So, tournament season, we're headed into fall. Everybody's starting to trickle down we've got some club championships we've got some big national championships still to go for the year so let's uh let's get into this kind of talk about what you guys have got going on for the duration of 2022 um we'll start with matt ball well i got a i got a busy year coming up it's uh i've been uh i've been lucky enough to I've already got a seat for the Tournament of Champions, so uh, that's a big relief. I'll be heading heading to Bossier City or uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, to fish that in November, uh, which it's on uh, on Lake Caddo that I love, and uh, looking forward to that. Um, before that, that's that's the final stop of my year, um, but I got quite a few things coming up uh, to there. I just finished up fishing for the bass nation championship in west virginia and got to bring home that crown again so i was really happy with that and uh this coming weekend is the mountain state kayak anglers two-day championship uh and they're going to take uh basically we'll decide the angler of the year i'm i'm setting a number four for the points on that that club so i don't really have much of a chance at angler of the year but they're going to uh, – I, I do want to talk about this. All of the – there's some awesome clubs in West Virginia. and We've got uh, we got three clubs that I'm a member of. Uh, you got Mountain State Kayak Anglers, Southern West Virginia Kayak Anglers, and West Virginia Kayak Anglers. And, and they all just really get along really well, uh, work together. And what they're doing this year, they're taking the top 12 out of each club's Angler of the Year – standings and they're going to have a state club championship uh so the basically the best of the best of each club the top 12 for the angler of the year so there'll be 36 guys fishing for the first ever club championship for all of west virginia and uh it's going to be a, a secret lake that nobody is going to be able to pre-fish uh, they're going to announce it like a day before so I'm fishing for a spot on that this weekend, so I'm uh, pretty excited about that. I'll be fishing the New River, which is one of my favorite places to go. Uh, I'll be getting home from that, leaving on Tuesday, heading to Arkansas to Lake Dardanelle, 
uh, going to head out there to try to just, uh, well, I just want to go there. I didn't really need it, but I want to go. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm running the fellowship meeting at the, uh, so if anybody out there is going to be at uh, Lake Dardanelle, I'll be having a, a, the, the uh, Fisherman's Fellowship meeting uh, on uh, that night of the uh, registration. Uh, really appreciate it. If anybody wants to come, it's, I'd love to have you. Uh, after that, I'll be heading to the national championship, uh, Kentucky Lake, where it all, uh, where it all kind of tore loose for me. So I, that's a place that's near and dear to my heart, but I love fall fishing. Um, I'm getting better at it over the years, but, uh, so it's, I'm pretty excited about the, the rest of the year. I, I do struggle with wanting to be out in on the back of those cornfields back there. Oh yeah. Uh, instead of fishing, but, but that's my plan. So that's what I got. What do you got, Josh Evans? What's coming up for you, Bo? Man. Well, um, unlike, uh, my buddy, Matt ball, I have not had a good year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've had some health stuff going on and haven't quite fished my best. And then, you know, uh, most y'all know about that, that fun little flip on the uh, Susky. So, you know, it's been, it's been kind of a rough year, but, uh, looking forward to the last events of the year. Um, our local club, mid Atlantic kayak bass fishing series. Uh, we have an event on a different part of the Susquehanna this weekend, uh, the Goldsboro section. So there, there's a good chance for people catching some big largemouth and some big smallmouth in that section, which is pretty cool. It's like, kind of like a big lake, but there's also some, some faster sections or moving sections where current and smallies really live. Um, so that should be pretty cool. I think, uh, I'm hoping I'm doing well. I've never fished that section before, but everything that I've been, I, I do a lot of map studying and looking at numbers, gauges and different things. And it, it's looking like it's going to be sexy this weekend. Uh, aside from that, uh, next month is super busy. Really. Uh, we've got, um, the Ike tournament, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make the Ike charity tournament or not, but that's a really cool one. That's about three and a half hours away. Uh, the following weekend, it has their big bass, bass, or I don't even know what the heck it's called, but super cool format. They're holding that up here on the Susquehanna during like prime feeding bag is on giant smallies just eating uh, time of year. So um, Hopefully I, hopefully I can catch some checks in that one. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. That format's cool. It's like an MLF format, and it's also hourly big fish. Um, not a lot of people have signed up for it yet, but I think the numbers will go, go way up here real quick in the next couple weeks. Um, the weekend after that, Maryland State Championship. Two years ago, I got second place. Uh, last year, I, I got waxed. Uh, but this year... Um, I got the lovely news that it's actually on my home lake. And uh-huh. so, uh, yeah. So uh, I'm hoping to make some magic happen and and take that, that one home. That would be super cool. End up going down to uh, Tennessee River there, uh, you know, beginning of next year. So mm-hmm. that's really what I got. Um, the rest of my season is all local and state stuff. Nothing, nothing on the national stage uh, as of yet. But uh, super pumped about it. Very good, man. Very good. Yeah, man. Matt Campbell, what you got? I, I'm actually just in line with Josh. Uh, you know, we have our tournament this weekend for MAKBF, which is our next last event, which is you know, my Goldsboro section of the Susquehanna, which is pretty wild. I went out and pre-fished a little last weekend, and 
it's interesting because kind of the north section, you've got your more of what we're used to in the upper halves of the Susquehanna. You got your current, you got some ledges. And then down the bottom half, you've got giant grass mats. So I actually caught my first smallmouth on a frog in a grass mat last weekend, which was pretty wild. That's um, awesome. Expecting it to be a large mouth and up comes this bronze back, which is pretty fun. And then uh, kind of like Josh, I don't know that I'm going to make that I tournament uh, beginning of October, but we've got the native event MLF, just like Josh. I'm excited because, you know, for anybody that knows the Susquehanna, if they turn on and they're doing their fall feed, that's just going to be a ridiculous number. I hope they have a whole lot of judges because, I mean, yeah. the Hobie put up a thousand fish a day in the summertime, and this is going to be feed time. I mean, those guys could judge 1,500 to 2,000 fish. Um, and then, Maryland State Championship for bass. Last year, I finished third and had big bass. So uh, we only qualified one last year. So I'm hoping to, like Josh, you know, I don't know the water as well as Josh, but we're looking to get out there and, and put together a good effort and see if one of us can't qualify, which we're hoping, you know, one of the two of us makes it. And then uh, MAKBF finale is back end of October. We're out in Delaware for that, which is cool. Delaware Paddle Sports. Uh, one of the Jackson dealers hosts us, and they, those guys are phenomenal. Put on a big spread for us, food, drinks, um, have it at the shop, which is really cool. So we can bring everybody in, show them all the all the new Jacksons and all the new gear. So I'm within striking distance of AOI there. I'm sitting at about six right now. And it's kind of stacked up and uh, lots of room to make some swings these next couple of events. So looking to try and get some good finishes and see if we can't uh, make some jumps there. Very nice. Very nice. And talking about dealers, um, you mentioned uh, Delaware Paddle Sports. Matt, what is your uh, what's your dealer that you work closer with? Hand in hand? Marriott Adventure Company up in Marietta, Ohio. Uh, they're an awesome little shop um, up near Marietta, Ohio. It's they got a just a, a, a ton of kayaks, a real big bike shop for, uh, you know, mountain bikes and uh it's just a really cool section of of downtown marietta historic marietta so uh they've been they've been really fun to work with uh but that's uh, i mean i try to try to really support all of them uh try while i'm traveling anytime i'm in the area I, I try to uh but as far as my local dealer the one that i i get to stop in and just be a part of their shop as, as much as i can is uh, marietta adventure company they also help really support. They put a lot of time and uh, support into the some of the local clubs too. So, yeah. How about you, Josh? What uh, what deal are you working close with these days? Uh, just like Matt Campbell, it's uh, Delaware Paddle Sports. Um, you know, we've been associated with uh, DPS and and MAKBF for many many years now. And um, I, you know, I'm not a, a a staff of the of the shop necessarily. Uh, but I do like helping Brian kidding them out. Um, a lot of great people out there. We got another teammate there, Matt trucks that works there. Um, but they, they do, they do a lot for the local trails here in the mid Atlantic. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, you support those that support you vice versa. Right. Um, I mean, they're one of, they're one of Jackson's biggest dealers in the nation. Um, you know, they, they're like the title sponsor of our trail. 
And as Matt said, the end of the year finale, dude, they, they throw a barbecue. They got a fire pit. Um, we got raffles for boats, all kinds of cool stuff happens. And, um, and you know, they don't have to do any of that. So I think that's super dope. Great shop. Um, tax free always helps, right? Oh yeah. And for me, uh, for anybody listening, you know, my, yeah. my dealer is, uh, canoe Kentucky. I might be an Indiana boy, but man, I like to go down and hang out with them cool people down in Frankfurt. It's kind of like become my second home away from home. Love those people. Love that shop. And it's important to anybody that's interested in kayak fishing, whether you're new or a seasoned veteran, actually, to get into a paddle sports shop, uh, buy local, uh, get demos, and get that expert advice. So if you're looking for a dealer, head over to jacksonkayak.com, click on the dealer tab, and uh, find that dealer that's right for you. We'll be happy to help you. Um, moving back into it, Josh, you brought up something that I, I'm not going to, I'm not, a, not, I'm not trying to rub it in. You had an experience in your boat on Susquehanna. It was tough. Um, let's talk about positive mental side of fishing. Um, these tournaments, things like what can happen, what happened to Josh happened. Um, that happened to a lot of guys. Um, more often than not, it's not a, if it's a win, something like that will happen. Um, we break rods, we lose lures, we get caught in storms, we lose time on the road getting from ramp to ramp. There's a lot of factors that go into kayak fishing um, in any tournament for that matter. How important is the positive energy to carry that through all day? And, and how do you, what are some of the tips that you guys have to help keep that positive momentum up? as your day goes on, man, I'll tell you, well, you know, it's hard to get positive after you flip your boat and lose 2,500 plus in gear, you know, but, um, that, that day aside, that was a whole different, woo. um, but tournaments in general, um, you know, I, I used to always like, like, uh, obsess over the leaderboard, right. It, whether I was, you know, a fish away from my limit or just starting out, I used to constantly just refresh, refresh, refresh. And my head was not focused, right? When I fish best, I'm relaxed. I'm not worried about where I place. I'm not, I'm having fun. You know, it sounds cliche, but, um, you know, I'll do that now. I, I don't really pick up the leaderboard. I'll check it maybe once throughout the day, unless I'm uploading a fish and then I'll just see where that put me. And then I'll leave it. I'll leave my phone put away. Um, I don't play music on the water like a lot of folks like to do. I, I'm, I'm weird like that. I'm afraid it's going to spook the fish or something. But for some reason, it's okay. I'll sit there and I'll like freestyle to myself and like, you know, <laughs> just dumb stuff. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. and, and, and and that helps kind of keep my mind at ease, if that makes sense. Um, and and able to just relax and, and kind of be in that moment and do well or try to do well without putting pressure on myself. Matt, Matt, what do you guys got? Well, for me, um, you know, I've done this for a long time and I've, I've actually, uh, um, I've done, done it the wrong way. And I've, I feel like I'm, I've learned how to do it the right way as far as being prepared, um, and being in the right mental space for whatever happens. And I would say the biggest key for me, uh, is, you know, everybody, you know, I'm very proud of my faith, but, uh, you know, I'm, I do a lot of, a lot of prayer 
you know, my head to, to I, I talk to talk to the man above a lot, not about fishing, just it's just when I, I, I just kind of lose myself on the water on what's going on. I'm I'm thinking about other guys that's going through things. And I mean, my mind never stops. I don't know. It's I, I do have uh, I, I guess I'm probably attention deficit in a, in a lot of ways. But, you know, if I'm not talking to somebody and that would be the Lord in, in my head. And I do that a lot. Um, and then I'm honestly just taking the time to, if you're having a bad day on the water and you come across another angler and instead of avoiding them, you know, saying, Hey brother, how you doing? You, you, you doing any good, you know, not necessarily needing to get tips or anything just to, right. just to make it, you know, you're not alone out there, you know, and just, I don't know. Um, I got a, I got a porch light going crazy on me here. Um, anyway, it's Halloween. that's, it's Halloween-ish. So, but, uh, yeah, I do a lot of, I just do, I, I try to talk to people I see on the water. I try not to take myself too seriously when I'm doing this. Um, you know, this is, it is a big deal for, for a lot of us, what we're doing, you know, it means a lot to do well, but in the end of the day, that's not what defines us. So keeping that in mind, it's real easy sometimes to get your brain wrapped around the fact that, man, if I don't do good, people aren't going to believe that I'm a good angler. Uh, and that nothing could be farther from the truth. It's, it's just a matter of getting your head right. Now you do realize that when you pass by that newbie out there, he's probably going, Oh my gosh, that was Matt Ball. Matt Ball just talked to me. <laughs> I seriously doubt that. <laughs> How about you, Campbell? What do you got? You know, it's funny. It's, when you first ask that question, I, I kind of have a double reaction because I feel like on single-day tournaments and two-day tournaments, it, it's kind of a different approach. Yeah. You know, the single-day tournaments, I, I think with a lot of the, the Mid-Atlantic, when I go to Hobie and you know, Josh is my float partner a lot of times, and I, I try and do more of fishing with my buddies, so to speak. So even if we're going to the tournaments, you know, if they're coming in and catching fish, celebrating with them, like even if you're having a tough day, that just makes me feel good to see my friends do well. Um, a lot of messages from family and friends, you know, even if we get separated on the river, like, you know, Matt Ball knows, and for those of you who don't know, you do a float trip on the Susquehanna, it's a mile wide. Even if you're doing a float trip together, you might not see each other for two hours. Oh, yeah. But the message is back and forth. Hey, man, how you doing? Or like, you know, we got a group chat with several of us. You know, who's caught fish, who hasn't? Like, what's going on? All those messages. You know, my family especially, they, they love to follow. And I got some nephews that love to follow. And the messages I get from my brother saying, hey, man, and, you know, your nephews are following along. They saw you caught a fish. You got three. Keep going. You know, that helps a lot, and it just makes it fun. And like Matt said, if you run into some of those random guys, you know, take a minute. You know, it's it's not going to – you know, I don't feel like it's going to make a difference out of my day or my one-day tournament or even two-day tournament to not – to just stop and, hey, how you guys doing? Doing all right? You know, somebody's just having a rough day, give them good work. Yeah. What's that? Just just being a being – a- being a human being out on the water makes makes yeah. all the difference, you know. That's that's what we're here for. You know, other, so. something something you just said. Being a human being when you're on the water, 
I, I think it carries over beyond that too, like to social media. Uh, and, and I say that because I see people and, and, you know, if, if I know you, I'll joke with you online and stuff, but there's a lot of newer anglers out there and then, and you know, they're on the different forums and whatnot, and you can have a positive interaction with them. One that'll help kind of keep you right in, in your kind of mind state, but also, you know, they could be running into a bunch of problems on the water and, you know, you could provide that piece of insight. And then next thing you know, um, you end up seeing them, you know, on the water and, and it kind of, it's just, it, it's another piece to the mental game of it. I think it kind of helps realize your place in things and puts it in perspective and helps keep it kind of chill. Yeah. And that positivity goes a long way. I mean, especially it's, we don't care what brand anybody's shopping for at the end of the day, as long as they're having a good experience. And like Josh said, I mean, you get in some of the group pages and stuff like that, man, they can be, they can be pretty brutal. Um, We've all seen it. We've all, you know, dealt with it. I think uh, anytime that you've got a positive outlet in there to uh, encourage people along, help them make positive decisions, you know, don't just tell them to go buy boat X, tell them that, Hey, you should hit up this dealer and uh, go take a demo, find out what kind of water that you want to be on and, and talk to somebody that's uh, got some knowledge. I mean, that, that goes a long way. Not saying that people in group pages don't have knowledge because there's a lot yeah. of knowledgeable people, but um, you know, it's, it's good to to send them towards dealers and different things because those people are very educated in ways that they can help them, especially with the, you know, at Jackson Kayak, we was talking the other night. We've got several boats, different models and different things like uh, the Kusa HD and Kusa FD are different animals. Mm-hmm. You know, the Kusa HD, you, that's your river boat. That's about you want to send somebody to the river with. And I think I think that message is important when you talk about different hull shapes and what the boats do and don't do so well. Um, it's a lot more than you're going to get, say, off the website cruising or, or something like that. We're off a group page on Facebook. We love you, Facebook. Um, so positive energy, I think that's a, that's a good topic to elaborate on. Um, when you guys are off the water, let's talk about that just a little bit. Um, obviously you guys got groups that everybody runs around with and everybody talks when you head back into the cabin or whatever at night, how does that positive energy flow to the next day? That's that's (laughs) awesome. I'll give you a perfect example. So Winnipesaukee this year, I was literally the only angler that blanked day one. And I, I had so much wrapped up in my head. And that's the if you ever have kids that you want to take and fish and catch a million rockfish, Winnipesaukee is the place to go. That's there are a, a trillion of them. And and I was honestly I got so far in my head and just kind of got messed up and we got back to the house and the whole group of people that we were in the house with like, hey, man, well, I was over here fishing and I was doing this and catching fish. And, you know, why don't you come try the spot with me tomorrow or, you know, and it just everybody hanging out and talking and kind of lifting you up. And, you know, I went out day two and I went to an area with one of the other anglers who I believe cashed a check there from our house. And I ended up having, a, you know, for day two, I was 11 out of the group of anglers that day. So, but just being able to go back to the house and, cause I, I hear so many stories about people that after day one, they have a rough day. They just like, I'm out, I'm leaving. 
was like, no, like, I, I want redemption. I want another crack. And all the guys at the house supported that and lift you up and help you in your environment and your atmosphere. And then messaging guys like Josh, he's like, dude, what happened? I was like, this is terrible. Like, I can't believe this place. Oh, man, get back after tomorrow, you know? So, it, it, I mean, it's huge. And that's one of the things we always joke about, Josh and I, and, and Matt's the same, a bunch of us. This is a, an amazing community. Just the, the folks that are around her, there's so many good people. Absolutely. So uh, let's talk about the nuts and bolts of things. There is a plethora of technology on the market today. Um, guys, a lot of guys see what we have and go, oh, man, that's, that's a lot of stuff. I want to talk about electronics for a little bit and how it's uh, how we're moving along in the game with kayak fishing. Um, so let's kind of start with Matt Ball and we'll work our way around the table here and we'll kind of talk about how you guys have your boats set up. Um, we're all, all four of us have Jackson NARS and we all have four have a little bit different setup. So let's kind of, let's kind of talk about your electronics and how you utilize those um, while you're out there fishing for these tournaments. Well, for me, you know, if I'm fishing, um, if I'm fishing anything out of my NAR, I'm, I'm rigged to the, to the nines with all the electronics, all the gear, you know, I've got my Torquedo set up unless I'm at a Hobie event. And, but I still use the, the Torquedo during the, you know, the pre-fishing, which is a big help, but, you know, I utilize the electronics to the best of my ability. There are, there are guys out there that, that are way better at utilizing them is it is a tool that is that can make you a better angler um once you learn how to use them it doesn't it it's not the cure-all it's not you've got to be a good angler to be able to use them you know uh so i mean i've got the stuff i'm probably i'm probably in the ballpark of about 60 percent just relying on my just instincts when I'm fishing and then, but I still, that other 40%, I'm using all that technology to try to reinforce what I'm doing with what I've already know should be happening. Is that, if that makes sense? Um, you know, I, I don't go out on a lake and not have done homework off the water on that body of water to kind of get an idea taking all the memory bank of what I've done in the past at different bodies of water at that time of the year and those conditions. And you take all that and then you can take those electronics and expand on that. Um, I don't think there's too many guys that's going to show up at a lake that without, and just basically start looking at their live scope and say, all right, you know, you might fall into some fish like that, but that's not how you're going to be successful. Um, you've got to have the, the knowledge to use them. Um, so, you know, I hear people say, you know, they should be outlawed. You know, I can honestly say I have never won a tournament because of my electronics. <laughs> and I've, I don't even know that I've ever cashed a check strictly because of my electronics. And then, uh, but I mean, then you go to a place like the, the Susquehanna and I didn't even take electronics, you know, I, right. I have, I don't fish. I probably am 50, 50 throughout the year of fishing out of my NAR. And then the rest of the year, I'm either fishing out of my bite FD if I'm fishing a Hobie event and, and I'm in a river uh, and I don't need all that stuff or 
most of my mountain state kayak angler events, I'm, pa I'm paddling the uh, 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 Liska, which is probably, if I had to say I could only have one boat ever, it, it would be that one right now. Did yeah. we just become best friends? So, yeah. <laughs> That's my Chris favorite Funk's watching. <laughs> Chris Funk is watching somewhere, and he just shed a tear. I think I did uh, too a little bit. Team Liska uh, forever. I love that boat. It's the best. It is the best. Um, how about you, Campbell Evans? What do you guys got going on? Matt, go ahead. Uh, I, I'm back and forth. I'm probably like the, I would say the low end of the electronic knowledge base. I mean, I have like the biggest thing I use, I mean, electronics wise on the kayak really that makes a difference is the torpedo i mean wherever i can use that i use it um, i have the torpedo going uh, i have a power pole this year that i've been using as far as fish finders i mean i've got a nice garmin unit i've got it rigged up on the nar i don't even take it on the rivers but i mean it's more of a i think it, it like matt said it kind of helps guide me you know, I'm looking at temperature, I'm looking at depth so I can find some, and, you know, gives me a fine tuning where I'm going, but it's not, I'm not figuring out where I'm fishing based on looking at that unit. Like I have an idea where I'm going before I get there. And then that just helps me kind of pinpoint or dial in what I'm doing, but I'm not, I don't have any life scope. And I just, I'm still honestly learning the depth of knowledge that I can have with those units and those electronics. But, you know, like, like Matt said, you go to the Hobie events and, and especially like on the Susquehanna, I had no electronics at all. I mean, I had the bite FD, you know, I went river fishing. But you get a mixed bag. That, that bite FD is awesome on the Susquehanna, period. Oh, it was, it was amazing. With the new Mark, with the Mark IV drive on my bike, that is a machine. Oh, it goes up current so well, it's not uh, even it's, funny. I love that boat now that I have the Mark, you know. Yeah, it, it changed, it changed the, changed the game with that boat, not to be cliche, but yeah, if you yeah. haven't, if you have not pedaled the Bite FD with the Mark IV up swift current, it's, it's, it's the jam. Yeah, it I mean, is the jam. I had the NAR on the Susquehanna last week and on the Goldsboro area, which has got some more depth to it than we're used to northern, north of that. And, you know, there was no no issues at all, even on the NAR or the market, the Mark IV. So I can't no. imagine putting that on the bike and just it, pretty much flying upriver. It's truly it, amazing how much power that that drive keeps in its, in its propulsion moving forward. Um, in current i mean it's yep. it's like it you know the old one the older uh fd3d you could feel the current you could feel the resistance a bit but it seems like with this mark four it's like it's almost like it has another gear that it goes into if that corny yeah. sounded but it's just man it just plows it just it's amazing Sorry to sidetrack the conversation with the bite, no, that's that's the bite FD, but that that as soon as you said bite FD, I'm like, man, that. We've that thing. listen. We've all four got that boat right now, and we've all four got the NAR, and that uh, 
that tells you a lot right there. We got four people right here with both boats and we love it. So what do you got going on electronics wise, Josh? Well, um, first off, uh, like you team Liska guys, I do like the Liska, but I'm more of team Mayfly, Liska's daddy. You know daddy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Big daddy. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm a, I'm a big, big dude. I don't know. But it's like it's that longer version of pretty much the same thing, which is some slight variance to it. And man, I love that boat. But anyways, uh, not to get us sidetracked again. Um, for me, you know, uh, obviously the, I got the eleven oh three on the NAR, and that thing moves. Uh, I know it's not a fish finder, but yeah, you know, um, it's an amazing tool. I love that thing. Um, I got I got into one uh, on a song uh, at the beginning of the season, and um, yeah, man, I, I've enjoyed that motor so dang much. But as far as electronics go, uh, so I, I, I've been running for the last few years a Raymarine Element 9, and I love that unit. I think it's great. Um, I still run that unit, but I also have uh, a Garmin 93SV with a live scope that I'll be finishing installing here shortly. <laughs> uh, I waited to do the hard install because when I got it, um, you know, we're already three quarters away through the season and I'm like, well, uh, there's a good chance I might be rotating to, you know, something next season. And I don't want to hard install or do too much. I don't, I don't like putting holes in my boats anyways, but, um, anyway, sorry, I keep getting sidetracked. I, no, you're fine. You know, I, I can talk about this for hours. Um, but uh, anyways, yeah, so um, the intent is, you know, for down for down imaging and side imaging using the Rain Marine, which I'm very comfortable with. Um, like Matt and Matt, I, I do a lot of research prior to going to uh, body of water, especially a new body of water. If I haven't been there before, I'm all in Google Maps. I'm, I'm looking at videos. I'm anything and everything I can for that specific time of year. I'm trying to glean as much information as possible prior to actually setting eyes on the water. Um, very similar to what they're saying. Um, I do use my electronics as another tool, um, especially for different structures, things like that. Um, if I, if I can find a submerged tree, uh, or a pile of wood that's in 20 feet of water on the bottom, guess what I'm doing? Like I'm going to mark it. I'm going to get about, you know, 20 yards, 30 yards off of it. And I'm, I'm bombing a jig into it or I'm bombing, you know, a 12 inch ribbon tail. Um, and, and for that, I love my electronics, you know, uh, if I'm fishing something shallow, I'm not bringing them, you know, river or otherwise, um, because it, uh, you focus too much on that, except for just looking at structure and different features you can identify just with your eyes. Um, yeah. but we, once we get, you know, to that 10, 20 foot range, then I'm, I'm looking at them, you know, to identify that different type of stuff down on the bottom, uh, that I'm going to be targeting. How about you, Chad? What about you? So I'm a Lawrence guy. Um, I just like the package that comes in a Lawrence HDS or even the Elite Series um, fish finders. Um, I feel like they've got good side imaging, good down imaging. I think it's a it's a great compromise to get all the packages in one nice large transducer, and it's just what's worked for me. I do I do a lot of side imaging. Um, I like it. Um, am I good at it? Probably not. Um, but I like to find stuff that I feel like no, that the boats are sitting on top of. Um, that's kind of, kind of my jam. I like to set off the bank just a little bit, not quite. I still kind of like to be in the neighborhood where I can throw at when I get bored and need some, 
target practice. Um, I do, I do like offshore fishing. I do like a Kentucky Lake. I do like a Chickamauga and stuff like that. But uh, for me, for the most part, yeah, I'm used to use hummingbird, but I'm kind of, since I've come over to the kayak world, I really like Lawrence. I feel like the best as far as fitting the needs that I want as everything in one unit. I'll tell you what I, uh, when I, when I got that Garmin unit, I was torn, man. And, and that's the other reason I haven't hard installed it yet. I still might pivot and go to that elite FS nine, um, and, and get the live target. Cause I, I used Jameson's when we, uh, right before we rolled out the NAR and we were doing a promo shoot mm-hmm. and dude, I love that fish finder. <laughs> yeah, I really, really do. So I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of torn on that one myself. I actually keep a, uh, so I keep my elite series uh, fish finder on my big boat, um, which is the bigger screen. And then I just run a seven inch on my uh, bite FD. So even if I go to a small lake or something and I just want to take the bite FD and cruise, I've got it. And we've got a little lake that we like to go. My wife likes to go paddle and we'll go out there and it's actually with side imaging and down imaging. I find more stuff just to look at than I do anything. There's like a whole forest down there and it just keeps me entertained. Um, But uh, talking about uh, the different fish finders and different things, and and I'm going to kind of elaborate into what Matt Ball said here just a little bit, because this is something that I find myself doing a lot too, is when you, you kind of learn to read the water. Um, And I think that's important because mother nature really throws curveballs out there. I mean, I can't count the times that, I've cruised up to a point and seen the, just seen the wind and went, well, I got it though. There, there's a fish there. Um, I've even been known to cruise around and go, you guys, you smell that? It smells like fish. I'm going to fish here. (laughs) Just those, those goofy little things. But let's talk about reading the water and, and some of those things. I mean, electronics, a lot of people think they are premier, but how much just visual nature and, and, instinct gut feelings go into this well, i think i think we've all done this long enough and have the experience to know when something just looks good you know oh, yeah. i mean and i mean i've where the key is and i've found this out a few times is that's a great way to catch fish it's a great way to be successful but don't ever be blind to the things that don't look good. Um, I have been fishing with, honestly, one of the, you know, you, you think of uh, Jeff Little's one person I'll, 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 rem- I'll mention, you know, he is probably one of the, one of the top people I ever will consider as just a uh, fish whisperer and someone that if, if Jeff tells you something about, fishing you probably ought to listen but i mean and and jody queen's the other one and i've been lucky enough to be good close friends with both of those guys so um and we've all fished together a lot but um i've watched either one of those fishing some spots that i'm like man i went i went right by that because that's not what in my mind i think of as a good spot but so you got to be careful about just going for what looks good because because that's what most i guess that was my point is every one of us in this community we fish a lot most of us know what looks good 
the key is the guys that can figure out what is good and uh, and finding that, you know, because that's generally where tournaments are won. That's generally where big bags come from because there's not anybody else throwing there. Um, no. That's, I mean, a mud, a mud flat that I would be like, dude, I ain't going near that thing. Um, you roll up and, and they're just stacked on there at times. Um, I'll give you a prime example. I mean, I'm, I found it. I'm proud of it. But, I mean, I went at the West Virginia State Championship last month. Um, I almost turned around at one point from where I was going because it got so shallow, so choked off. It just looked dead. Right. It looked dead. But I thought, I figure everybody that's came to this point has probably thought, man, I ain't going any farther in this mess. But in my mind, I thought, I know it's probably going to deepen up when I go farther. And I did. And I powered through that. And I ended up absolutely slaying them back in there. But most people got to that one point and they're like, man, this looks dead back here. It even stunk. I mean, it smelled bad. It was like that rotten vegetation smell. Well, Mm -hmm. it's just a key. Don't always go for what just looks good. You, you, we're all going to throw there, and that is oh, probably yeah. where you're going to catch fish. Look for that stuff that nobody else is throwing for. Um, that's a big thing that's really helped me over the last few years is start. Don't pass up areas. You may not fish it hard, but make some casts in some areas that you're like, because then you start learning things about that. There's a reason that those fish are there. And then you start putting that pieces of the puzzle together and, and you're going to be more successful that way. And you're not going to be fishing in crowded water as much because you're looking at something different than everybody else is. That is uh that's a very sound advice. Anything uh, you guys want to elaborate on? Ask Matt. Yeah. You, anybody want to ask ball a question? Uh, that was, that was like a mic drop moment. If I'm being honest, uh, <laughs> he pretty much <laughs> hit the nail on. No, he hit the nail on the head. Really? I mean, everybody's going to go for the obvious stuff, right? But I mean, look, look at look at the that the recent Hobie BOS on the Susquehanna, right? Prime yep. example of what Matt's talking about. Nolan Miner, right? The kid, his brother killed it too, but he found, you know, he realized how shallow the river was, and he found a place that basically would create a fish bowl, almost a long ass fish bowl. And he said, well, you know, when, when the sun's up, I can see him moving and I can sight fish this. Like he's like, like fishing for redfish, but he's fishing for smallies. Like mm-hmm. just, just, uh, something I, I mean, I've fished the Susquehanna for many years now and I've never thought of that. Maybe that's the difference in the success levels. I don't know, but, but that, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I think Matt's talking about. I mean, I, it's something simple and small like that. That's the difference maker. And I think it's brilliant, you know? Matt Truck says all Matts know how to fish. Yes, sir. <laughs> What's up, Matt? Oh, uh, so uh, let's see. How that's do you? A good question. Uh, that's a good. That's a great that's question. A question. Question from the audience from Mister uh, One Lance McWhorter. Don't how do burn you guys it down. Keep spots alive through a two day, two three day. I'm event? S- I'm really old. I can't read that. What did it say? So it says, uh, "How do you guys keep a spot moving?" or keep it alive for a two to three day tournament when you've got just a concentrated area, I guess would be the best way to put it. Well, you got to be smart. 
um, you know, you, you gotta, you got I guess if, if you're talking about a concentrated area, there's very few times in my life that I've found that the, the one time though, was when I won the national championship, it was a very concentrated area and you can't, it is so hard to pull back and just stop when you know you can do more in one area. Now, if it's a one-day tournament, you don't have that issue. But like you said, two- and three-day tournaments, that's a big key, um, is you've got to know what you're – you've got to have fished it enough in the pre-fishing to know what it holds and believe what it holds and not have – and have the willpower to – it's like the Lay's potato chips, you know. You you, you can't just eat one, you know. But – there's been multiple guys that have won tournaments because they said, okay, I got enough for today. Tomorrow I'm going to absolutely wax them. And sometimes that works out. Sometimes we've all seen the guys that were blowing everybody away on day one and come back on day two and, and they left. So there's, there's really two keys there. I hate, I do not ever like going into a tournament with one spot. Um, I've done it many times. It's worked out for me before. But more times than not, it's going to fail you because somebody else will have found that spot or, and, or, or that spot will die. Uh, so you've got to have – in our sport, the, the best thing to do is find as many things in – find that juice and then find stuff close to it that you can expand on once you – to protect that area without leaving it, without abandoning it and having somebody else fall on it. Now, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before. It depends on what kind of area it is. If it's an area that everybody's going to notice, you better keep your butt sitting there all day and protect it. I mean, that's what you got to do if you know it's good because it's not your spot. You leave, it's going to be somebody else's spot, especially if it looks good. But if it's a, if you have a spot that you found that nobody else is probably going to find, you probably get your limit and get out of there. You know, um, that's, that's kind of – you can't burn them up in one day. And more tournaments are lost pre-fishing, in my opinion, than anything. Um, oh, yeah. I'd agree. It is, it is so, so hard to not go out pre-fishing and want to just wax them because you want to build that confidence in your mind that I know I can catch them. Well, that's – that every fish you catch – a day before that tournament is a fish you're 90 unless it's during the smallmouth spawn and they're stupid um you're probably not going to catch them again you know um well, so you that, gotta you gotta be smart um, that's saying a lot i have you. done i have done the wrong thing many times <laughs> that's how i've learned you know i've went out pre-fishing like dude this is awesome i'm probably not gonna catch them during a tournament so i'm just gonna <laughs> keep hitting them and i you know so well, and that's important, I think, for any any new angler that's watching. We all spend a lot of money to go to different places, and there's hotels, campsites, and food, and entry fees, and different things like that. And it, and it is about having a good time, but that little that little bit of patience and withstanding the urge to to wax all your fish out uh, during practice can go such a long way, such a long way. I'll tell you what, exactly. Okay, so this is kind of, you find this ironic, uh, old Matt Ball. 
the year that you won the national championship out there on Kentucky Lake, okay, yeah. that's the year that I learned the lesson about not burning a spot down. Because <laughs> I had found, I found what was the holy mecca of like shell bed on like this ledge. It was it was stupid, right? And I mean, I I was smashing on day one. And I tried, I, I, I wanted to leave it alone for day two. I think I ended the day in like 16th or 17th after day one, which in the field that size, I was like, okay. But when I was there, it was not a very obvious spot. It's just something I saw on the map and I went and then I, I checked out in person and I started catching fish. And then I couldn't leave it alone because several people who weren't catching anything in that whole creek came by and they saw what I was keyed on and then and they left it alone only because I was there. So yeah. I ended up absolutely burning it down uh unintentionally. And then overnight the wind shifted from like an east wind to a west wind. Uh air temperature Snow started, started flying. Yeah. Conditions <laughs> changed. Yeah. Like everything that could have happened to push any fish that remained out happened. And the next day, I literally, I think I, I, I moved like three or four times and ended up catching freaking fish in like 50 feet of water or some craziness on a Ned rig because me and Lambert found it. I don't even know. It was dumb. But point is, don't burn your spots down. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely don't burn your spots down because it will bite you every time. So... Let's really let's hear some you guys got any questions for each other. Let's let's uh you guys dig into each other here a little bit. <laughs> Nobody? Nobody wants to grill. I, you know, the thing so here's the thing. So I mean I don't see Matt Ball as much as I'd like to, right? But <laughs> we fish a lot of the same big events, big hobies and all that. Um and he's, he's like, you know, road partners and stuff with some of our other good buddies like Russ Johnson and whatnot, you know. Um, yeah. So we're, we're, we're all in kind of a big circle. And then Campbell, I, I, I see or talk to him all the damn time. Um, you know, we, we message back and forth quite a bit, I'd say. Oh, breakdown. Of re- okay. I actually, I want to respond to this. Lance <laughs> McCorder wrote, for the panel, break down a reservoir with no practice. What's your plan? What time of year, Lance? Hey, that's the first question right there. Fall. Let's narrow it down. Fall. We're at fall. If we're if talking about at home or want to talk about they're here, they're here for fall fishing. You know what? This, Tell them about fall. this is beautiful right here because we have the state championship coming up on my favorite lake. And it is a reservoir. It's uh it's got trees and down to 50, 60 feet of water. Uh it's got all the wood you can imagine. It's got grassy points, it's got everything, right? Um so water temperatures are going to pay, play a big factor into it, right? Uh, this particular lake gets like a thermocline that occurs at like 20, 20 to 25 feet during the summertime, and you will not find anything below the thermocline. You will not. Um, so now that it's starting to cool down, I don't know if that's dissipating or what, but the fish, instead of holding on, you know, wood in like 20 feet of water, which is what is what they key to wood and grass lines in, t- in about 15 to 20 foot of water all summer. Now that the water's cooling, that thermocline's kind of chilling. Now they're, they're starting to group up and they're going to start moving around and feeding up. Um, so I'm going to find deep areas or areas where, you know, uh, 
there's a lot of wood or grasslands nearby and I'm going to start looking for those fish to be transitioning and moving around feeding. So in, I'd go from traditionally, you know, if I'm on a summertime bite on the same body of water, I'm throwing jigs, I'm throwing worms, I'm throwing stick baits, right? Um, now I'm going to start transitioning to more moving baits, power baits, right? Um, I'll try crank baits in different water column depths to kind of break down where I can, you know, between electronics and that kind of see where they're most active. And then that's when I'll start to kind of piece it together and figure it out. You know, um, I, I, I do really still like that, that like 15 to 20 foot depth personally this time of year, but, um, it changes. I mean, it's going to change with the weather. It's going to change with a lot of condition changes. What about you guys? I mean, for me, honestly, so we're looking at a tournament in about a month. So we're talking, we're getting more middle of October. I'm actually probably going to start at, at worth probably 10 to 12 feet. But it's moving baits like Josh said. I'm going to have crankbaits, spinnerbaits, probably a swim bait, jackhammer. And I'm going to start that 10 to 12 and kind of, if I've got no pre-fishing, no study, just go in. What's the water temperature? What's the weather look like? Is it cloudy? Is it sunny? We got any wind? And start right 10 to 12 foot on some points, find structure and work my way back to the back of the creek. See where I can find them. What do you yeah, think, Matt I, Ball? I, I, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Um, <laughs> as far as the, just the, in general, if you're talking what, what Lance was asking, if I'm fishing something, if I'm going to a lake that I can't pre-fish, I'm, I am, and I'm going to even go to another extreme and say, this is a lake that I can't pre-fish and I don't have, and I didn't even, I don't even have time to do any internet research on. All I got at my disposal is, is my maps and on my phone, you, you know, maps and Google Earth. I mean, that's. Let's just say that's all you got. You can't go back and watch Bassmaster classics from the past and see how they were hitting that right. time of year. You know, we all know that we all do that. You know, we watch everything we can. Most of us do. You know, you're watching, looking to see how were they, what were they doing then? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to just, I mean, I've been blessed enough to be fishing my whole life. So I, I, I have in my mind what I think the fish should be doing at certain times of the year most of us most of us all have that same knowledge i'm going to go back to my first thing and and, and this is both of you two matt and josh you both said exactly what i would say and everybody else is going to say for the fall for that time of the year and that is because that is a that's true that, that that's what they do. What I'm going to look for is that plus that thing that nobody else is doing. That's how you can make a difference because we all know that fish like to start moving back into the shallows and start feeding. But we all know that they're going to start bombing on shad and you know, fish moving up and they're going to be feeding hard. That's what everybody's going to be doing. Most everybody. But I'll be willing to bet there'll be a few people at every event like that that do something different. And I don't know what that is. I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying 
figuring that out is the key is figuring out, especially in a tournament like a Hobie where there's 200 people on a body of water and there may be only 20 boat ramps that we're all talking about. So you're going to be, everybody knows that the fish, everybody wants to go to the same type of areas, find something different. My good friend, Christine is really good about that. She can find stuff that she's good about finding things that nobody else is looking for. That's what makes her really good. She, she thinks outside the box on a lot of these things and they're doing things that a lot of us are, are doing the normal. She's saying, okay, I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. I'm going to do something a little different. And we all know how that's turned out for a lot of the tournaments. And so that that's the key. In my opinion, I really feel like finding that little difference in something in the specific times of the year that nobody else is finding. I know that's, that's a great easy term to say. It's just a fact of learning how to figure out what that is, is, is what's going to make you that little bit of difference. And it may not have to be a big difference. It might just be something subtle, you know, Everybody's throwing spinner baits and chatter baits and jackhammers. Well, maybe maybe they've seen that so many times, and you throw a drop shot out, drop shot out in the middle of that with a with a small shad on it, and and just set it there, and they and you're going to catch fish that somebody else isn't, and that's especially in crowded tournaments. That's 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 I don't know. I probably just rambled there. I'm I'll shut up. That's right. I'm taking notes for a month now. <laughs> Campbell's taking notes. Josh is going, yes. Um, all right. So we're kind of getting close to the hour mark. Here, here's the here's the question of the night. This is this this is the burner question. You're fishing a tournament series like the BOS series, KBF. It could be any of them. Are you out there for the points? Or are you out there for the wood? I fish for the points all year and a win. I, I mean, I'm always going for, okay, let me, let me, I never, <laughs> trick I, question. I, it is, it is a trick question, but I go to every tournament with, with the thought in my head that I can win it. That's not going to happen very often, but if you, you can't go to a tournament, not believing you can win it, you're setting yourself up for failure. You got to go to every tournament. I don't care if it's your first tournament. You need to keep in your head if you have a fishing pole and a lure, you know you could. Do you have a chance? You got a you're chance. Going to, you've got a chance. And you've got a one in two hundred to a one in five. You've chance. got a chance. But for me and what I do, I'm I'm fishing all the series that I can. I'm fishing all of them. I'm setting out for. I want to. I'm looking for trying to qualify for those championships, and the only way you can do that is in the Hobie is to you've got to pay attention to points. You can't just swing for the fence every tournament because you're you really only you know. I can't fish. I fished three Hobies this year, getting ready to fish my fourth one. I was lucky enough to qualify by finishing in the top you know, one of the top three spots to get that spot. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't even be in it right now because I've fished three events and my points ain't even, I'm, I'm just on the bubble. 
right now if I didn't already have a spot. So you got to look at points. If you want to fish the big time events, you've got to look at the points because that's how you make it to that one. And then you've also got the, you know, uh, you know, of course now everybody can fish a national championship, but I want to talk about that. That doesn't matter to me. Okay. That is, if there's 500 people fishing an event, that's still an absolute accomplishment beyond belief to try to win against that many people. I don't care how many people, because normally if, if you have an event like the national championship and a hundred of the top guys and girls in the country are probably going to fish it most of the time. There's been less fish, the national championship over the years for a lot of reasons, but I still think you're still got that top level competition there, even though there might be, I don't know about this year because it has the, 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 the numbers aren't up, but don't take away from the fact that there's a lot of people fishing some of these other tournaments that, that are, that, that the qualification standards aren't that high. A lot of these people are, there are so many incredible anglers out there that we don't even know who they are and they're fishing these local clubs and I can vouch for it. You're fishing these local clubs. You're going to have a harder time. You want to find out where you stand, fish some of these local clubs and you will get humbled really, really quick. Absolutely. Um, you know, so just because you fish all of them and you're qualified through points, some of these big tournaments that have, that are open, an open tournament, like the national championship, pretty much, um, go for it, man. I mean, it's life changing. If you can do well in an event like that, I can vouch for that. So anyway, <laughs> yes, sir. So, any other responses to that or do you I, feel like that's I, spot on fellers? I mean that's pretty spot on. Um, I I don't get Josh, to. Comp- Josh is going for the wood. I can feel it. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I I uh, I mean I I can't travel to all the championships and stuff. You know, I just it's it's a time and money and you know family requirements, work requirements. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, that stuff takes precedence. Um, so and I don't really. Should. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I think I think one of these years, um, when I figure out the matrix completely, I, I'm going to chase the. AOI and like in like a BOS or something, I, I'm gonna actually hit it hard. But for the time being, man, I mean, I go I go for that trophy. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to I'm yep. trying to get first place. Um, uh, you know, Matt said something that's spot on. You know, if you don't think you can win that event, why the hell are you fishing it, man? Like, you know, you can go fun fish for free. You feel me? Um, yep. but if, if if I'm gonna put my money on it and or I'm gonna travel and 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 invest time and and time away from my family. You damn right I'm trying to get first place. <laughs> Every time. Um, how often do I get it? Not very. Not very at all. And the nat- on, on, especially in the the, the BOS is I still haven't cashed the check, which is mind numbing to me. Um, almost painful. <laughs> but uh, I feel it I feel it coming soon. <laughs> any any time now. I, I it's, just, gonna it's gonna happen, happen. man. Oh, only yeah, one no, cast I, away every time. It I, only takes it really it literally, it's always a matter of something small that happens. I mean, this last one, obviously, that was a little bigger. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the day, man, if, if you're not going out there trying to take first, you know what? Don't compete, man. You know, I don't think. I mean, well, okay, I take that back. AOI, trying to attain AOI aside, you know, um, I mean, if you don't believe you can win, why are you doing it, you know? Well, and so to kind of get into that a little bit, 
Um, for people, I think, that are just starting out, uh, you know, I know for me, when I stepped into the back of a boat and started fishing, you know, from the back of the boat, getting into tournaments for the first time, really, you know, for me going out there, yeah, you kind of had that notion that you thought you, you might, you look around, you go, yeah, I got this. And then you, you're humbled really quick, like Matt said. And, but at the same time, I think there's a learning process for anybody new that's out there. I think it's, it's good to have that high ambition, but it's also important to observe who's around you. Um, you guys being perfect examples, you can learn a lot just by watching people's hands, what they do, uh, conversations uh, and the different things that go on at the doc talk, so to speak. Um, so I do think, that, you know, there is a learning curve when somebody steps in a tournament and it can be very humbling and it can be a good experience. So that's kind of my two cents on it. I love it. I, I ain't going to lie. I love it. I'm wholeheartedly addicted to the tournament fishing. I love it. Um, I do. I mean, I love the people. I love the, I love the travel. I, I, travel gets a little old, but I, I love the, I just love it. I, my competitive side loves to, to size myself up against all the others out there and see where I stack up. I just, I, that's just my, that's just me. That's, that's part of the joy of fishing a tournament for me. So. Matt Campbell. Yeah. I mean, I, I love the tournament fishing and it, you know, I kind of go in the mentality first thing in the morning, I'm swinging for the fence, but it's also a, all right, let's get the first bite. Let's get the second bite. Let's see where I am after five fish, and then, you know, let's go. But, I mean, I, I like, I love that, you know, Saturday morning when we're sitting on the ramp, we're all waiting to launch. Like, I'm just pumped up. Like, I'm jacked. I'm talking to the guys. We're having a good time. But, but I guess just as much as I love that rush and that competition, I love – the, the after the event, the awards, the coming back to the ramp, like talking to everybody together, like how'd you do? Like, hey, this is great. Like talking tips, you know. Like it, Josh and I, our series, you know, we try and get folks out to talk about, hey, how'd you do? How'd you win? You know, to help teach some of the younger guys, you know, bring them into the fold, and so. It's, 360, I love everything about it, from the competition level to the camaraderie to the trips, the friends, the folks. I mean, I, you know, I got some of the best friends in the world because I got into kayak fishing. So it's amazing. Amen. All right. Amen that. It, it is that time. It is time for the last question of the night. I want an answer from all of you. This is the rant. This is, this is truly the random question. What is the last song that you play before you hit the water? Any favorites? Uh, am I allowed? Am I allowed to cuss? No. It's <laughs> a family show. We're PG thirteen. Uh, it's it's a Wu Tang song. It's for the children. Um, <laughs> anyways, any well, okay. uh, I didn't cut him off. He just cut off by himself. He walked away from the house. I, I gotta say, I mean, if I'm just listening to a good song, like "Get Ready to Go," "Imagine Dragons," "Radioactive." Good one, good one. Like, let's get the morning going. 
Let's get to morning. I like it. Matt Ball, what do you got? Well, I am a, I'm a big praise and worship music guy. So most of the time, if I'm listening to music, it's usually on Pandora and it's a praise and worship, either elevation worship or so really whatever's on Pandora when I shut it off and whatever I've got selected. So I, mean, I love music. Music's part of my life, uh, but I, I, I can't say that I have a song. But whatever's on, usually, and usually what's crazy is it'll stick with you all day. Whatever I listen oh, to, percent. whatever I listen to before I start, you know, so that's why I try to keep that kind of music in my head. <laughs> I'm putting good things in so that I can get good things out of it. So that's solid advice. Solid advice. Well, that's the horn, fellas. You guys have made it to another episode of Doc Talk. Uh, thanks for coming back on the show. We hope to have you back on again sometime soon. Um, for all you listeners out there, check these guys out on the Instagrams. Uh, Vol, what's yours, Campbell? It's Vol. Volboy23. And then Tightline Sharp Minds for Joshua Evans and Matt Balls is? Inball T-Ball. Inball T-Ball. And I'm Chad Sebastian. So check us out and always check out Jackson Kayak Fishing. Um, and for more information on Jackson Kayaks, check out jacksonkayak.com. And for Orion Coolers, check out jacksonkayak.com. We just lowered our prices, and we'd love to see you out there not losing your cool on the tournament Awesome trail. coolers. Awesome coolers. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you all next time on Doc Talk. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate hey, thanks it. Thanks for being here. Try to answer mine. Let's go. <laughs>